so um, it was it was pretty amazing to be able to get this all done um, but I really love it it's a great message I feel like you know um, it's all about the message It's only for a while. It won't remain. I told you never mind. It's here to stay. You can take away my conscience. I can live a lie. Sacrifice of freedom. All for the second slide. I see a sign and I know this can be true. Guess you know this too. Feel this outer pool. Takes you to some place you never thought you'd be. The head they want from me. I'm doing this no more. I seek a better place away from all the common then we do a difference we need food and water anywhere that we live in we bleed the same blood and cry the same tears we see blame upon innocent yeah guilty go free we want something to love we want something to believe in this world we get distracted easy fall off balance uphill battle we need to be ready for the challenge power numbers when will the masses rally the world got some problems, but she ain't beyond fixing. Love keep telling us the answers, but we never stop to listen. The world got some problems, but she ain't beyond fixing. Love keep telling us the answers, but we never stop to listen. The world got some problems, but she ain't beyond fixing. Love keep telling us the answers, but we never stop to listen. The world got some problems, but she ain't beyond fixing. Love keep telling us the answers, but we never stop to listen. See a world where no human is sleeping in an alley. Starving people in the world, food wasted in the alley. Whoever got solutions for our problems is my ally. Man's war. Quakes, floods, fires, mother, child dying. We participate in government knowing that they lie. Still, my faith for humanity keep rising, see it flying. Got to love the human spirit, it's a fire not easily dying. If there's breath in my lungs, know I'll always keep trying. Face your fires, lead no tragedy. Grow your life, soon you'll see your better day. Face your fires, lead no tragedy. Director set. <laughs> now, what is it? Good. Yeah, that's Don't... the right answer, girl. That's the right answer. Now, she's not a oh, good this girl. scene was controversial because it shaves all the women in the theater smoking cigarettes. That's valuable business. So what that scene was supposed to say is the, the, the sun has met the mud, right? And the sun believes in the mud that it right. can come out into the sun. And the mud does not believe that. But 
he just lets the mud believe what it wants. Friday, uh, March 7th, we're starting at a Munity Radio Comedy Festival. Mar March 6th. Oh, March 6th, all right. Uh, I don't know which day is it today. <laughs> That's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so this podcast is called Meet the Parents. Um, hello, yeah, so we have some special guests in the house. I am your host, Bernice Yeah, from Seattle. And why not we start from my right and then Rolf first and then do a round of introduction. Yeah, hi, I'm Rolf Scar. Big fan of Mutiny Radio. Glad to be here in the booth with you all. And I uh, live here in San Francisco. Hi, I'm Lalita D. I live in the South Bay, but I'm originally from Amsterdam, the Netherlands. And then I also spend some years of my life in London, UK. Very nice. Um, Pam, do you want to go before me? Oh. I, I, I'm <laughs> sure. I, I'm Pam. I've never lived outside of California. <laughs> Pam is the one runs the Munity Radio. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's everybody yeah, knows Pam already. Mutiny yeah. Radio Comedy Festival <laughs> in 2020. Uh, meet the parents. Meet the parents. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have, I believe, we have like two more guests in my drop in when yeah, so they will come in. Uh, we will introduce them as they come in. Uh, my name is Bernice Yeah. Um, I live in Seattle and um, I was born and raised in China. Um, I came here when I was 21. Um, so the uh, reason why I want to do this podcast is because uh, this uh, earlier, well, no, earlier last year, I brought my uh, boyfriend to meet my parents. Um, he is an American who have never been to China, so it's his first time. Um, and he doesn't speak Chinese other than knowing Ni Hao, right? <laughs> and so uh, there's just all kinds of like silly things that happen on the trip. So I just want to kind of stress through my story. And then like we got all the comments, that, hey, they have a lot of meeting the parents fun moments too. So I guess I started, but I want to kind of see ask everybody about uh, what type of meet the parents you want to talk about today? Anyone I'm who just jump in, just yeah, go, yeah. This is rough. I love meeting parents. <laughs> <laughs> How I've many parents I've have you met I so far? Well, I'm not married, but I've, I've met a few in my day, and uh, I look forward to it, uh, partly because I've always gotten a good response. Parents like me, and sometimes they like me more than their own kids. They don't love me more than their own kids, and I think there's a distinction. They you know they'll always love their kid more than they'll love someone new. Yeah. But liking is different. I had one parent said, "I like I love my kid, but I don't really like like her." <laughs> oh so yeah, 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 yeah. I love my parents. I don't really like them. <laughs> there you go. 
<laughs> I think it's an interesting puzzle to figure out. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm, uh, I don't want to talk about meeting other people's parents, but about people meeting my parents. I have a ton of them. My father had a somewhat illustrious um, marriage record, and so there's a lot of people to meet. Mm -hmm. And then um, my father's uh, third wife's ex-husband married my father's second wife, and so we had lots of siblings that were both kind of step-siblings in lots of different ways. Uh, and that's always just been super interesting, bringing people home to meet my family because, you know, we end up having to draw them little um, kind of genealogies, the ancestry.com, but in a local way, <laughs> just to explain <laughs> who they're meeting today. And, and uh, so lots of stories about that. Mm. So now our other two special guests has arrived. <laughs> so um, why not? Uh, so Andy, go ahead and start introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm uh, Andy Clark, and my I brought in a special guest, my girlfriend uh, Alex Smith, who's here with me. We're gonna talk about meeting each other's parents, mostly meeting uh, her parents. She's got an interesting family dynamic. <laughs> That's uh, really nice to get caught up in. Yeah, thanks for including me, even though Welcome. I'm not a comedian. I like to think I am. Uh, I, yeah, I'm. I, I, I feel like all parents like me, and I might be a little. Uh, I might have a big head about that as well. But I know how likable I am, and <laughs> um, I know that my family is loud and interrupts each other. And once I dated someone for about five years that never <laughs> said much to my family because he wasn't going to interrupt them so that didn't work out i'm trying to train andy now on how to get through how to break through to the noise yeah it's it's nice because i feel like i meet alex's parents for the first time every time i go over there because <laughs> they've never once asked me a single question it's <laughs> so nice it's good you got a lot of practice a lot of a lot of takes at it that's awesome. That's awesome. Pam, do you want to? Yeah. Well, all parents hate me because uh, I'm a <laughs> Marxist and I don't believe in the family anyway. So <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I think they're like, Dude, well, who is this crazy woman? Why are they? What is this socialist nonsense she's spouting? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm usually like, they're like, oh, don't bring her back. And she drinks all the wine and spouts Marxism. <laughs> we don't want it. That's the kind of Marxism I like. You know, you we're against property, but when it comes to a good bottle of Sauvignon, we'll make allowances, right? <laughs> Rich people want. You don't want to own this, you know. Give it to me. Let me take that off your hands. Yeah, I love capitalist wine. Yeah. That's Steal from thing. the rich. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. One at a time. <laughs> um, we have another special guest. Um, so, well, actually, I mentioned my boyfriend. Um, he's no longer my boyfriend. Um, he's my fiance now. Um, so yes, so he's going to call in. I don't know about two twenty ish. So I guess we're going to talk about all this. He doesn't know what we're talking about. So maybe you can ask questions and see uh, his perspective. So maybe we'll talk about how same long. Thing. How long have you been with him? Um, two. Uh, now he's two and a half years. Two and a half years. That's good amount. So you spoke really great English when you met him. Like. So it wasn't like the pillow dictionary kind of like, <laughs> 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 teach me all the words. Yeah, I use the other boyfriends for that. <laughs> <laughs> Not use, but you know, <laughs> I've gone through a few. <laughs> um, yes, so that's actually a good question because like the one of the first thing uh, my friends asked me is that, oh my God, like, um, are you teaching him Chinese? And the, you know, ask him, are you nervous meeting the parents? And I'm like, no, I'm not teaching him Chinese. 
um, it's the best thing they don't speak the same language at all. <laughs> <laughs> Like Perfect. I'm just a translator, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then so like nobody can offend anyone, because uh, my mom is a very she's very charming, charismatic, and then she will like when you don't know what she's talking about, you will think she's so friendly. <laughs> 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 but then she starts to like bam, like oh you're why is he so short? <laughs> so you know like it's nice to have me as a filter. Um, you do a lot of editing with your I parents. I do, yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> and also because my parents they are like um oh sorry um usually after three days it, they drove me crazy like mm -hmm. i will just have a mental meltdown um but because he's there he's the center of attention that <laughs> helps right and i can talk shit about my mom in <laughs> front of her <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> this is an off-topic question but for bernice do you dream in chinese or english uh, I dream in English. Really? Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. All yeah. right. All right. It has been that for a long time. But actually, I don't know how to date anyone um, in Chinese. One time, I dated a um, Taiwanese Chinese guy, and then his uh, native language is Mandarin. So we speak the same native language. But because I've never really dated people in Chinese, so I feel like a 12-year-old. <laughs> and it's so weird. I cannot say anything like romantic or sexy just <laughs> like yeah because i think it's the same here i couldn't uh, i couldn't possibly date in dutch i've never dated in dutch my life's in english i dream uh, in english but my partner is spanish speaking uh -huh. um and so i've been learning spanish because that's not an un unuseful language yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially in this country and um I, and I, I just, you know, in order to communicate with her family and everything, it's, it's good. But she's flatly refusing to learn Dutch. I mean, it's a thing between <laughs> us. I'm like, you know, could you like do one semester or something? And she's like, it's pointless language. It's a colonial language. Like she gives me all the politics. I like, well, Spanish is a colonial language, but then that doesn't, you know, that somehow is different. Um, and she's <laughs> just but, but does she love Fabo? And Fabo is. Does she love Fabo? She, does she does not. She does love not, Fable. but she loves Hema. Hema the shop, you know, have you know Hema? Because uh, you spend time in, uh, Hema is the, gr the kind of the, the target of the Netherlands. Oh it's uh, like okay. target, but better. I mean, it's just incredible. <laughs> so she loves Hema. And in fact, I might have to say to her, if you really want to go to Hema any anymore, you'll have to learn a little bit of, of Dutch. Dela Kerst. Uh, but <laughs> That's but the fable. Fable is this delicious deep fried Dutch food. It's, it's the like automat, it's right? Like, yeah, it's like you put money in a little thingy and it's hot and fresh and you take it out and you don't even have to interact with anyone <laughs> and you're super stoned and you're like, this is looking crunchy. And it's like, it's like meat paste that's panko rolled and deep fried and it's just like Fabo is the best for munchies I mean now that all these places are legalizing marijuana I feel Fabo needs to take its chance because I mean nobody sober would dream of going to eat from a place like that it's like but when you really need to eat like right now it's the best and the food is the best it's like walking inside of a vending machine yeah exactly you know what's my horoscope today is that you are going to brainstorm an idea with your friends that come like make money <gasps> here we are <laughs> woo, woo. <laughs> Literally, i'm gonna show you after my s I, I take a screenshot and say okay i wonder what we're gonna talk about today do you always take a screenshot of your horoscope <laughs> only when i like it <laughs> <laughs> you do the I Ching, you flip the coins I don't know how to do that, but mm -hmm. I feel like if I even pretend to do it, people are going to believe me, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Pam, yeah. um, you've almost hit stereotype bingo. One more. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting the prize. <laughs> are there any are there any Filipinos? We could talk about lumpia. Well, I know like yeah, we one thing lumpia. about every culture. That's all I know. 
Like, <laughs> I like Chinese people like to gamble. Like <laughs> people from the Dutch like colonialism and we fable. We love colonialism <laughs> and, and fable, but we also love Lumpia's uh, reference colonialism. Yeah. Mm. You know. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, well, I, uh, I guess so what I'm thinking is I'm going to just jump in, share a little bit of mm, the trip things, and then you guys, I want to hear your story too, so feel free to just grab the mic and say, hey, I have something. Um, so the, the funny part is because, so um, my fiance's name is Rich, it's pretty easy for any Americans, but it's a sound that most um, Chinese people just don't know how to pronounce, right? And my grandparents, like they're 80 years old, there's no way, they just so they say, come up with, with a Chinese name. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we have to come up with a Chinese name for him. Um, and then so we have this brainstorm session. There's, I was like, well, what, what do you want? Like, so he said, I want soft and hard, like gentle dagger. So okay, gentle dagger. <laughs> gentle. Why don't you start calling me from now on, Alex? <laughs> so and of course, you know, like I'm going to take <laughs> take the opportunity that no, you take my last name. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he took my last name. So his uh, his Chinese name is Ye Rou Dao. That's the soft, like gentle dagger. I told my parents, my family, they said, "Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> 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 Nobody likes it." So they said, "Okay, another round. What else means a lot to you?" So, "Oh, like surfing, like the ocean, so maybe ocean wave." So then he's like, <laughs> "Your boyfriend just sounds, or your fiance sounds like such a hippie." <laughs> <laughs> Gentle well tiger, ocean wave. <laughs> <laughs> well, when he calls in, you should tell him that. Okay. Yeah, yeah we're gonna make up some pocket. names. Romeo joins. Oh. Like we can make up. <laughs> we can make some names. Fish right? concert. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Smells weird. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Patchouli uh. musk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I, I think he's a hipster, and he refused to think so. Oh so, yeah, yeah <laughs> glad to <laughs> hear some validation. The defining characteristic of a hipster. They'll <laughs> never admit that they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. That's how you can test for that. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, yeah, so we come up with, like, ocean waves. So it's, yeah, hai tao. So what? then, like, yeah, it's yeah. not bad, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, so basically, he doesn't have a name anymore. In, <laughs> in China, he's hai tao to everybody. <laughs> what does... What does your Chinese name mean? Oh, uh, so the the character is Jing, so it's Ye Jing, and then the specific character is uh, girls who are talented. Oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, I know Damn. that. Alexandra, my name means helper of man, and I don't really like that one. Whoa, I did not know. It's like sweet if you think of it as mankind, but the feminist in me just cannot get behind. Man oh. servant as yeah, my no, name. That, <laughs> that sounds fair. So I would take gentle dagger. I don't really know what that means, but I'll switch. Yeah, maybe I could have that name that your family doesn't like. Wrote <laughs> 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 down. I didn't know that your name meant uh, man servant. Yeah, no, yeah, she didn't. Don't advertise that. Just don't mention it like on a radio show or anything. Yeah. Now the whole world will know. Yeah, thanks for letting me know because Alexandra is one of my favorite names for like girls. And I said, oh, if I have a daughter, I don't plan on having kids. But like if, if so, it will be Alexandra. It's a great mm. name for a make-believe kid, so mm. go for it. <laughs> I do feel most most of the kids in the world are born to people who did not plan to have that particular kid, so it's probably good to have a couple of names lined up, <laughs> just, <laughs> in just in case. Just in case. Well, 
but the funny thing is, like, the reason why my parents picked that name is they, I was born, they look at me, it's like, oh, she's not going to be beautiful. So oh. <laughs> How can they tell that from a baby? <laughs> uh, because the thing is, I don't know. Okay, this is another thing really ridiculous for Chinese parents, right? They or always wish the baby had big eyes, <laughs> which is oh. funny. Like, so the Chinese were, like, obsessed with the double-lit eyes. Mm -hmm. So they do, like, cosmetic surgery to have that. Uh -huh. And uh, for me, I was born, I was crying for, like, two days in a row. I have not opened my eyes. So, <laughs> 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 but, no, I mean, they were telling me as, like, a joke. So it's not like they're so mean-spirited. But they were like, yeah, she's not a cute baby. But <laughs> <laughs> hopefully she's smart and talented. <laughs> All babies are ugly. When people say they have a cute baby, no, they're not. Yeah. They're not. Their heads are pointy. Their eyes are closed. They're all red and blotchy. Meet the babies. Pissing themselves. Yeah, yeah that's, a whole the nother, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. So meet the babies. Meet the babies. <laughs> oh, the, you nice mammal. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you helpless thing. Yikes. Yeah. I do feel like all babies look alike. It's so hard for me to like tell babies apart i don't understand how nurses do it I, I don't get that like when you're in the workplace or another kind of gathering whatever that is and somebody's had a baby and like oh did they send a picture and i was like just google new baby <laughs> that's <laughs> what it looks <laughs> like so now i have a question for everyone okay so uh tell me the first moment when you meet a parent or, you know, when you bring your partner, they meet a parent, what what's the first moment you remembered or like what happened? <laughs> Why do you laugh? <laughs> Just the first three or four times, Alex's parents are divorced. So the first three or four times I met her mom and her stepdad. I just remember that at the end of every dinner or family gathering, her mom would give me a book on how to make more money. Oh. Just different. <laughs> 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 no, that's like two years into our relationship <laughs> that she felt comfortable. But yeah, definitely a weird move for her to make. I just remember your dad looking at just not saying anything the whole time, which is really typical of his character. It's still what he does. So. And then I just got asked a lot of questions and nobody else talked the whole time, which is fine because I like the attention. So yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, they're complete 180s because Alex's family will just like talk at you and then my family will just sit quietly. They're like from the Midwest, from, from Missouri. Some of them, they just st stare at you and just ask you probably 200 questions, just <laughs> catalog it in their mind. So it's very different experiences. <laughs> like writing a Tinder profile, but they're in the room. <laughs> Not to mention, they just really liked my sister's boyfriend, oh. like uh. who's no longer in the picture, but still hangs out with my parents. So uh. <laughs> oh wow. that's what we're working against. Uh. <laughs> or for I I like I liked having Angel there because it really took the pressure off me to talk to them. It's like, all right, Angel, you go out there, talk about flying with them. He still flies with her stepdad, so yeah, it's weird. <laughs> so why? Oh yeah, no. why your sisters? Like, what's so special about him? I he's a people pleaser. I don't know. Wha he like helps a lot. <laughs> not <laughs> not to make be Andy look Alexandra. bad. He should yeah. be called Alexandra. <laughs> not to make Andy look bad, but he's just he's an overachiever and we're all like, Okay, you you go be the perfect son they never had and we'll be over here in <laughs> our imperfect selves and be fine with it. He's in there doing dishes with your mom, talking about uh, the bachelor or some shit. Yeah. Like being all friendly. Yeah. 
And I honestly, Andy, my parents like you too. You just um, <laughs> I hang out with your parents. I think I hang out with your parents more, and my mom gets jealous. I have always like my mom's like, oh, you went to your dad's. Oh, you went to Andy's parents. Well, what about us? And it's always like I'm just trying to please them all, and it's hard. <laughs> definitely, a, definitely a jealousy dynamic going on with <laughs> Alex's family. So that's really pleasant to get involved with, you know. They're fine, right? <laughs> They're overall fine. Like it could be so much worse. The w- book thing was weird. The book thing was fine. Yeah, th- yeah, they're cool. They're nice. They're nice people. <laughs> My family just love to drag out the embarrassing stories about me, of mm. which there are many. Mm. Um, now you're gonna ask me to tell you one. I can't remember uh, <laughs> right now off the top of my head sure, because if sure. somebody else is talking, <laughs> I might think of one or maybe not. Uh, and that just, I always think, uh, how do you think that makes you look? Like you're meeting my new person for the first time and you're being mean about me. Do you really got to think that you know, they're going to think you're funny? Like it's, yeah. you know, you show yourself in a bad light. That's not at all how it works. <laughs> they think they're funny and that I was super embarrassing. Like, wow, you were embarrassing as a kid. I can totally <laughs> see that. You're still actually, you're still embarrassing now. It's yeah. nice to meet, be with other people who also know how embarrassing <laughs> you are. <laughs> See, that's why I can do editing. It's great. Yeah, yeah. No, it's much, it's much better. And it's, it's um, yeah, I mean, of course, we can talk Dutch and then, you know, the, the partner wouldn't understand. But, yeah, that would be very rude. But um, Spanish is, you know, my, my partner and I can speak Spanish. But my sister is, is had a study abroad in Madrid, so she's fluent in Spanish. Mm. She went to study Spanish. Yeah, it's really annoying. We don't have a language that we can secretly speak. <laughs> and, and especially when we're here in the States. Like, if you want to gossip about someone, on, you know, then... We don't have a language because we're Spanish. You're not going to risk that in the yeah. United States. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, joining us and on the phone. I'm always like, oh. if only you knew Dutch. <laughs> uh, joining us on the phone is Rich. We know that he does not know Chinese. Hey, Rich, how you doing? <laughs> Hi, how are you? All right. Hey. Oh, we can hear you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you, uh, the t- our two guests, Andy uh, and Alexandra, won't be able to hear you because they don't have their headphones, but everyone else can. Woo! Hey, Rich, how you doing? Ni hao, Rich. Ni hao. Yay! Ooh, look at us. Look at <laughs> <laughs> Fluent. Fluent and perfect tone, too. Yeah. <laughs> right. So <laughs> how long How long can we have you today? Um, well, I guess as long as you need to. Wow. Wow. Good. Good. As long as I'm interested. <laughs> 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 well, so uh, I think I gave a, a very high-level scoop of uh, the situation um, of uh-huh. you coming to. Well, by the way, that was uh, Wuhan, but it was just like a year ago, so like a little safer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then also told them you have your Chinese name is Hai Tao. <laughs> and then so I guess yeah, guests in the room, do you have like any questions for Rich? Uh. How how much time did you have no idea what anybody was saying when you were in China? Was it uh, Bernice was the only person that you spoke to in English, or what, was it just all? Was it weird being immersed in another language? And um, yeah, I mean, I would say ninety percent of the time I was not uh, <laughs> understanding what was being talked about. But uh, Bernice did a great job of translating for me. Um, I will say how much just experiencing things with people and having some nonverbal communication, how powerful that is, because uh, we were able to laugh at things and have experiences together without me knowing every word that was that was happening. So, you know, it, it's not as challenging as you might think. Bernice did share with us while you were not listening that she edits everything, and actually <laughs> her parents don't like you at all. You're <laughs> misreading that body language. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> she just, you know, she fluffs it up a little just to make you feel better. <laughs> Sorry, Bernice, she should not have said that. <laughs> and it's yeah. a bunch of comedians here, babe, so like. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, well, are you're, uh, you're calling in from Seattle. How's Mr. Butters? Uh, he's good. I'm working from home today because of the coronavirus. Oh. And, uh, um, he's been in my lap all day on oh. all my conference calls. So. Cool. Mr. Butters is our cat. Thank you so <laughs> much for <laughs> clarifying <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've had the opportunity to spend time with this fantastic feline. Uh, I love all cats, but he's a great cat. Mm, he <laughs> he's a nice buddy. Did he touch your face? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was hanging out all the time, jumping up and, like, getting all ins. Yeah. He was asking for attention. I was yeah, I was all like about it. <laughs> yeah, I love cats. Guess what? Cats and no coronavirus. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> you really? can have a cat spit science. in your mouth and you're fine. And they can lick you all over. <laughs> uh, it's getting weird in here. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Things get weird. Wh what was the scariest – was there anything scary <laughs> about meeting Bernice's parents? Um. I mean, I wouldn't say scary. I would say it was a, uh, it was an intimidating situation because we had been together for a while. I was prepared to propose, so I had a ring in my pocket the whole time. Oh. Um, so th the added sort of anxiety of meeting the parents and also being in another country and not speaking the language and all those things, um, I think going into it, maybe I had a little bit of anxiety, but I think as soon as, I met them. I would definitely put at ease. By the way, I have yeah. no idea that that was going to happen. Um, yeah, so because, like, I mean, we talk about getting married in the future. I just feel like that time, there's so much stuff going on. So, oh, there's no way he can find time to even think about this. Um, but then the thing is, before we went, um, my parents, my mom actually called me. He's like, you know, your grandparents are getting so old. They ask, <laughs> they ask about you every day. Can you just tell them? Like, they don't even remember things. Just tell them <laughs> you're married already. <laughs> Just tell them you're married already. And I was very upset. I said, no, but what if I, I will get married later, right? Like, then I cannot even have a wedding and all oh that yeah. stuff. <laughs> and so I negotiated with my mom. It's like, okay, I'm going to tell grandma that we're engaged. But don't tell one, anyone else. Um, and then we showed up. Then my mom's like, yeah, they're engaged. Yeah. And everybody's like, congratulations. <laughs> Luckily, that was in Chinese, right? So Rich, oh. <laughs> yeah. So Rich was just doing the cheers with everybody, and I'm like, oh, I was like very, very annoyed, and I have to complain to Rich. And I guess that time, if he knew what he's going on in his head, probably he's less annoying. But I was pissed off the whole time. But it's kind of a lovely scenario because then you know your whole family could be like cheers, and then he could pull out the ring that he apparently had in his pocket the whole time <laughs> and reenact the moment uh, yeah. that. Has already <laughs> happened. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, did Rich? Did you try and? Um, ha I don't know if that's a custom in China or not to ask for the parents' permission or something, because that would be no, hard to do without Bernice's translation, because she would find yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awkward, and I was I was less concerned with you know the permission as I was. I just wanted to get to know them and meet them first, um, and I'm glad that it went well. <laughs> Despite, despite what Bernice might have said, it seems like we got along pretty well. I was uh, just kidding. We're comedians. <laughs> <laughs> they love you. They love you. <laughs> they love you. 
Yeah, as the non-comedian in the room, she didn't say they hated you at all or whatever. <laughs> you were kind of harsh in your summary. <laughs> she did say you were a hipster, though, Rich. That's right. Yeah, we're uh, all agreed. I, I think that's a mischaracterization. <laughs> We covered that already, too. <laughs> Are you drinking oh, matcha yeah. tea through straw right now, Rich? That's what I want to no. know. Yerba mate. <laughs> it's yerba mate. Oh, yeah. Okay, how about I throw this one? Like, everybody be the judge, right? Like, so Rich, he created his own fade for his jeans, and he would uh, go to the beach, wear the jeans, swim in it, and then roll around in the sun, rub the sun to exfoliate the jeans, and then create his own I don't know if that's a hipster <laughs> or. <laughs> Rich sounds a teeny tiny bit gay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 have Mr. Butters in the lab. <laughs> Shouldn't have right. explained that. <laughs> I, whatever Bernice's parents might have said, this lesbian in the room approves of you, Rich. You're well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Bernice is lucky. <laughs> Be fluid, man. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> all I can think about is that Chris Isaac video where they're all wearing jeans and rolling around in the, in the, yeah, in the ocean like together. Yeah, like that. Exactly like that. <laughs> Do the jeans look good, Rich? Um, I kind of gave up on those. To be <laughs> After rolling around in the beach. Classic <laughs> hipster giving up. Yeah. Oh. So I was living in L.A. at the time, so I could walk to the beach. Wow. Wasn't a, I wasn't making a special trip for that. <laughs> so did you meet Rich's family, Bernice? I did too. What was that like? Oh, so yeah, that's that's also funny too. So, um, <laughs> it's Rich's family um, are from like Charleston, South Carolina. Um, so before I went, um, so because he's in the South, and even though his parents are very nice, um, a few things. Oh, this butters, you hear? Oh, butters, oh, you're meowing. Hey, butters. Thank <laughs> 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 you. So like uh, Rich's brother also lives in Seattle, so sometimes they were make fun of each other, uh, impersonating their mom, right? And then the mom will, uh, Valerie, I will say, my boys, so special, <laughs> so <laughs> handsome. <laughs> so so that's very different from my mom for sure. Uh, <laughs> and then so when I met her, it's like that. <laughs> the, the first thing is, oh my boy. So special, Aww. so handsome. So she's very, very sweet. Um, and then like, so they're very nice too. Because when going to South, my my comedian friends, oh, better to find some material. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't find any, just because everybody was so nice to me. Yeah, um, southern charm. Southern charm. I was trying to do working on my southern accent. Um, it didn't work that well. <laughs> I just know like the. Bless your heart. I don't know. I cannot <laughs> Bless your heart. Bless your, Bless your heart. Sometimes <laughs> that's what they say when they're like, you know about Susie. Bless her heart. Bless, yeah. something Bless her coming heart. Next is not a yeah. um, and then the first thing I arrived at um, Rich's mom's house, um, like, you know, she's cooking, like start preparing for Christmas. Um, and then so there's just this assembled of like really fancy set of like Japanese knife right Ooh. and then so there's like of course like white people gadgets like kitchen gadgets <laughs> 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 and then so then she asked me do you have a lot of like you know uh, Japanese Chinese knives and it's like well I'm a white knife girl um, just like I only use one knife for everything sure. 
but she misheard as one night girl. Oh. <laughs> so that's like the first conversation I had with her. <laughs> hey, hey, Rich's mom, I'm a whore. <laughs> Good intro. What do you think? <laughs> Andy, is that what your parents thought about me when they met me the first time? Yeah, they definitely called you a whore. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sure they, my parents like anybody I bring back. They're not very discerning. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. No, but Alice is so likable. Like yesterday I met her and I immediately liked her and I wanted her to be on the podcast. Yeah, no, yeah. She, Alex is really likable and she makes friends everywhere we go or at least attempts to make friends everywhere we go. <laughs> We just had an awkward, we just came from a sandwich shop where we had an awkward drawn out where Alex was trying to say goodbye to the people who were making our sandwiches and they weren't acknowledging it and she just kind of stood in the doorway with a hand raised. So that's kind of the, she's very likable. <laughs> I mean, thank you. Manners. I don't know if that's a custom here in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah manners and common courtesy. No, that's dead. There's <laughs> nobody, nobody does that anymore. Everyone's just looking at their phone. I thought that was a West Coast thing, yeah. but maybe it's just the top two states. I don't know. Oh. Oh. No, it's okay. We're rude as fuck down here. People, everybody looking at their phones, walking out of places, walking into each other. No one cares. <laughs> it's fine. Everyone's just... Oh, Rich, I want to bring up this uh, special experience you had. Um, so the, the, the very first day, not the first night, right? Because the, the first night we arrived and then so the first day, um, well, uh, Rich ended up in a private Chinese medicine hospital. Oh, my God. Mm. Uh, he's fine. Yeah. He's, he has nothing wrong. But uh, do you want to tell it or do you want me to tell it? Um, we can do it both together. Okay. You know, why not? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I don't know exactly why we ended up going to Chinese <laughs> medicine doctor, except that we thought it would be something fun to do, because um, we had gone to see a, a Chinese medicine doctor here in Seattle once, who was kind of in the back of a, a dollar store, basically. In Vietnamese um, grocery market. Yeah, grocery market. <laughs> um, and I was just curious, I you know, want to see what he would say based on he doesn't do a lot besides kind of check your pulse and put his, his hand on your arm and then diagnoses you and after you tell him some things that are going on with you. so That's always how it works, though. Yeah. That's, that mm. is that is legit. <laughs> Especially when you go to the hospital for no reason. I don't know <laughs> what else you expect <laughs> him to do. <laughs> what are you looking for exactly? Just thought it'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the, the there is, okay, there's a little bit a reason because I think both of us have some um, – mild digestive um, issues, right? So I in, in America, it's not worthwhile to go see a doctor. What are they, they going to do? You know, endoscopy? Like, that's mm. not necessary. So, but for Chinese medicine, sometimes they have this, like, slow adjustment, just like your, uh, what is it, naturopathic doctor would do. Um, so I figured it would be nice to, to do that. And the way, when we went in Seattle in that Vietnamese market, um, the doctor just didn't too much, so I feel like okay, let's just see the real deal. Um, because IBS is not BS. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> now you're in China. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like I had a back injury um, at the time, so like I figured um, if we go see there, maybe there's like um, in in the in the hospital there are people who take take care of the back. 
um, but then on the day, um, the specialist for the your your back is out, and then so it's by appointment only for um, the internal medicine. So my mom actually made appointment. Like I mentioned to my mom beforehand, and my mom just on the day of, oh, the specialist only works on Tuesday. You have to go today. So that's how we ended up going that day. Yeah. Yeah. And then what happens? So now we know <laughs> but this this story is going to last. How much? This story is a slow story. Yeah. We're just, we're yes. just in the room. So what happens? Yeah. <laughs> so understanding neither of us are really sick, we get there, and her mom, through her connections, gets us to jump the line in front of all these people who are waiting outside. Who are sick? Yeah. <laughs> who probably are sick, and they're not really happy because we're clearly not all that serious. Um, and in China, at least with the the med, you know the natural medicine doctor, there's a lot of people actually in the room when he's examining you. Yeah. So <clears throat> I sit down ahead of all these people who are like sick and like who is this guy and what's wrong with him. Bernice proceeds to tell him all about how I have diarrhea all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so every old, all the old lady were laughing, but also angry. Like so th there's this oh, look at this American guy have diarrhea all the time. <laughs> uh, but then also like to paint a picture, and what happened is, uh, uh, shit, I forgot what I was going to say. I had a thought. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so <coughs> he diagnoses me, which amounts to a lot of different herbs and roots and things that they then dehydrate into a tea that you have to drink twice a day, and it's the most bitter, horrible-tasting thing you can possibly imagine. And we, for the entire trip, and even after we came back, we were drinking that every morning and evening before bed. Um, and I'm not exactly sure if it was – I did not get sick while I was over there. Which so is amazing. So like how's it your potentially diarrhea? was extremely effective. No diarrhea in China. That's okay, amazing. No. It worked? And no coronavirus. Wow. <laughs> No, I'm just like I can't believe I just it, it worked. It made no diarrhea in China, and <laughs> you could be eating, but you could be eating anything while you're there. I mean, uh, yeah. some, some things are spicy, and and I I get sick almost every place that I go, not necessarily diarrhea, but when I travel, I almost always get sick in one way or another. In China, I was flawless. Where are these magic drugs, and why aren't you? Did you can, can you bring them back? Are they banned in the U.S.? What were these magic drugs? I think you can. Like I actually went to the doctor when we left, and then uh, the doctor said, "Okay, just remember the prescription, and then if you want more, your mom can just like order more." So yeah. <laughs> Anyone have a diarrhea problem? Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> say your number in my phone is Bernice, the girl with the diarrhea tea connection. <laughs> <laughs> um, another making money making idea. Here we go. Oh yeah, dear. another yeah. one. It goes hand in hand with the first one too, because I'm assuming you'll need the diarrhea medication. Yeah, you need the Fable. Oh yeah. my God! <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, no. I just excuse me. I just have to represent the Dutch government here. Fable does not make you sick. Yeah. No. Yeah. If it does anything, it would stop you up. Yep. It's, oh. it's like oh. meat paste. Oh. It's so like so it's like bechamel with meat in it in deep fried. The good news is the one I got because I have the constipation <gasps> problem. <laughs> so. You guys Sorry. are a perfect couple. I love that. It comes together. So the my medicine, the, the one I got is for the constipation problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, like, we have to be the, – the, the box all look the same, and we have to definitely separate them because if we took the wrong thing, it would be <laughs> terrible. So you were going all the time in China. 
Rich wasn't going at all, and you were just going nonstop. I'm very happy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, and then I, and now I actually remember because the when when my mom was able to jump the line, like obviously everybody else was very angry. So my mom's like, "Oh, this is my son-in-law from America. He's like famous. He's like a little movie star there." <laughs> I was gonna ask what things about Rich um, maybe worked well with your family. Were they impressed by? I mean. I think we already heard his feelings, so don't say what things didn't work. <laughs> but, uh, but like, didn't maybe he can use chopsticks well? I feel like you mentioned that. Or that oh my god, everybody was so impressed. Like my entire family, every single person they met, they was oh, do you want a fork? Do you want a fork? And then, then the moment he pulled out the chopstick, he used it better than anyone in my family. <laughs> 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 right, Rich? Do you remember like how they reacted? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm. Better than most Chinese people that I've met at using. <laughs> 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 All right. uh, how are you better at chopsticks? I mean, Let's if you get the stuff, if you get the stuff in your mouth, aren't you good at it? I, I'm paint this picture for me. Why is Rich better? That's the thing that I'm not sure um, about. So that's kind of I think my it's elegance. Generally <laughs> elegant. Oh, oh. back to my <laughs> earlier statement. <laughs> <laughs> Very elegant chopstick user. Okay, uh, hipster. <laughs> hipster. <laughs> that should be his Chinese name. Elegant chopstick. That's where the gentle dagger comment came. Yeah. Gentle dagger, elegant chopstick, very similar. Yeah, I told them about the gentle dagger. Rodel. What is what is elegant chopstick in 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 Chinese in Mandarin? Wow. Yeah, quite. Actually, that's not bad. But it sounds like a girl's <laughs> name. Oh, it sounds like a girl's name. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like you sound a little gay. That could be like. <laughs> I don't know how we went this direction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so chopsticks. Uh, and then the reason why we all suck, right, is like your point. Like, as long as we can pick things up, like, who cares? Right. <laughs> and who cares? And then, like, we're in a rush, too. Because, like, when you're a kid and your mom's like, eat, eat, now, finish. Like, there's no time for us to really learn. <laughs> and our <laughs> our hands are really small, too. So it's very uncomfortable to pick those big chopsticks. Uh, so we just all each figure out a way trying to hold, like, a pencil. Um, but I don't hold it the proper way. So there is the proper, elegant way. Um, that So when I hold it, um, I will create, like, two big bruises, like, Big dent in my yeah, it really hurts. Um, so that's why actually I don't use chopsticks whenever I get a chance. Uh. That's why you're so thin; it hurts to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't do it anymore. I was way skinnier back then in China because like literally, like it takes a lot of work to eat. You have to burn more calories eating than there are. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so how did you get so good at chopsticks, Rich? Um, just following the instructions on the wrapper. <laughs> <laughs> I just have great manual dexterity. Oh, okay. oh there's, there's <laughs> another good Chinese name. <laughs> yeah, and we don't have those chopstick wrappers, right? Oh, really? Yeah, obviously. That's like, right, yeah, right. yeah, we don't. Like, so I, I only learned, oh, there's ways you can learn only in America. <laughs> <laughs> as a European, I feel that most Americans haven't quite mastered the knife and fork, so oh you know, I feel they should yeah. come with wrappers here, like, just hold them in different hands, people, you can do it. <laughs> oh, different hands, okay. Yeah, tell us, tell us, like, if you have a chance to. 
Okay. Just get a wrapper. Just get, you know, cutlery and a wrapper and silverware, as it's called. Silverware and a wrapper and tells you how to use it. Another I went, idea. I went into, um, uh, when I was in Madison, I went to this yoga studio. That's also a hipster statement, right? Anyway, I went into this uh, place where I did yoga in Madison, and I walk in, and there's a few of the instructors that are chatting, and they're like, oh, great, you're here, because we're having this discussion about how to what silverware to hold in what hands. And I'm like... You can stand on your head for 15 minutes. You can put a fork to your mouth with your left hand. You know, it should not be complicated. But that's not how it's done, right? Now, yeah, Alexandra is severely disagreeing with, with me with here. Left hand and I don't think it would go well at all. Etiquette is dead. Like More yoga. <laughs> More chopsticks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Here, I don't we, know. here we are on Meet the Parents. We have about. Seven minutes left here on this podcast on the sixth day of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Just to tell people who are here, we have on the phone Rich out of Seattle. We have Bernice uh, out of Seattle. Andy Clark, his girlfriend Alexandra. Don't know a last name. Maybe it's best to keep you <laughs> anonymous. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Lalita D and Rolf Scar here talking about meeting the parents. Just giving people a recap of what's going on if they were confused or tuning in. Oh, that's <laughs> right. So what are you not a show about, about cutlery. It's actually about show about cutlery. <laughs> <laughs> <Some> rabbit holes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, seven minutes. Yeah, seven, seven minutes. There you go. Uh, the M- fact more that questions. Yeah, the fact that you mentioned about adequate, um, that also etiquette. I always say the wrong. Is etiquette right the word? Etiquette. Yeah, etiquette. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the Chinese banquet etiquette. Um, which uh, is pretty, like to me, is very, very overwhelming. Um, and I, I think that is the number one test for like a Chinese boy, well not Chinese, like American boyfriend coming in. Um, well, I will give a, a quick of my experience growing up. It's like at any time at Chinese New Year, we'll have this big round table and I have like 20, 30 dishes and they all look delicious. But you don't have time to eat because every single, like, 30 seconds, you're supposed to raise a glass and cheer to somebody. (laughs) And you haven't cheered before, and you have to wish them all the good things that you don't really mean. Uh, (laughs) So, um, yeah, Rich, what's what's the Chinese banquet like to you? Um, It was – I'm glad we didn't have that much to drink because (laughs) – we would have been pretty drunk by the end because every five minutes, yeah, the, the thing is spinning around like a lazy Susan table and you're trying to grab some food and then someone's like standing up and toasting to you and they're like, hi, Tao. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's me. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it was fun because you're, you know, accepting all this, you know, warmth and hospitality from everyone. But, uh, yeah, you don't get to eat as much as you'd like. Happens to the food. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it just it just keeps going around and around in a circle, and you're trying. To, you're like, I just want a shiitake mushroom. <laughs> Stop, cheers like me. Still breakfast. Yeah, well, was a question. I mean, I think you got better in the end. Like he kind of know how 
grab a quick bite and then okay and then just sometimes i would initiate uh, a toast when i'm like okay i just finished the bite right so nobody caught me in the middle of a bite i'm going to do it <laughs> and that will last another five minutes so like i kind of space it where like if i felt okay this this is a dish that i want to eat grab it now and uh, right after i will just do a toast and so then i have time to chew and stuff <laughs> Yeah, um, but then like it's a one of the things my my uncles they all drink very like they drink so much um, at a Chinese banquet before they were all like the goal is like whoever goes down and throw up and then <laughs> and you're the last one standing back then. Yeah, Wait, so the goal is to be the last one standing, or the one to throw up first. Uh, uh the, the last one standing, oh, okay. and you want to get other people to throw up and then fall uh -huh. down. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and then so all of them have at some point had some surgery on their liver. Oh. <laughs> it's to that level. Um, but then now because the Chinese government um is so um strict about like drinking and drive. Uh, drunk oh. driving, like you could go to prison with just one drop of alcohol. Whoa, draconian law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then, like all these people, they're like my uncles. Like they're so scared. Um, they drive, so they don't drink alcohol at all, pretty much. Um, oh. so like the, the the situation has they they use the juice to to toast. <laughs> Are they still trying to get people to throw up from too much juice? Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. If they're going to do that, you got to do it with milk. You can't drink you can't <laughs> yeah. drink a whole gallon of milk. Yeah, so if you just idea. keep taking shots of milk and you get to that point, you will barf. Uh -huh. Your body can't take it. <laughs> uh, we have like 3 minutes left. Any horror stories that anybody has about meeting the parents? Any like just you really botched that one. It was a big bomb I on the uh, I I lost my virginity so did she at the same time that we thought the parents were home and they weren't home. So <laughs> 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 you thought they were home? No, I came over as soon as she said they were gone and they were supposed to be home. And then bad. And I don't know if you, you know, when you have sex with someone for the first time, it's always a little bit of a mystery, but you're both having sex for the first time. It's even a bigger thing. And then you know, the door opens. Ah! <laughs> So <laughs> did you count that as your first time, or was that it was only like point five? I mean, it definitely counted. It just didn't. It, didn't, it definitely didn't follow counted. through. I was in the bathroom sucking on and wondering, when can I run? When <laughs> <laughs> can I jump Back out the, the window? Bedroom and get my clothes. Right, and, and they think you're yeah. both just a bunch of slut bags, when really it was your first. Just you're new at it. Yeah, it was a oh, sweet moment. That's sweet. Yeah. 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 They didn't know what thing. They so didn't know. Oh, wait. So you so didn't meet the parents. I did. You did. I had to like wait for the moment where I could jump back into the bedroom and get my actual clothes and then oh. like arm go shake hands and be like, okay, we're going to go to the park now in my mini minivan. Cool. <laughs> 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 they didn't see it all? You just heard the, heard the door open. Yeah, yeah. I panicked. I ran into the bathroom. Yeah. I wonder man. if they knew. You should call him. We met at church. We met at church. Oh, <laughs> met at church. That's even better. Wait, you were in doing it in the bathroom at church? Not at church. Okay. That's where we hooked up first. We arranged this whole situation. <laughs> Hooking up at church. Nice. <laughs> Any other parental horror stories? That's the first time I met my ex-husband's parents, I was, I had no... Well, I had no bra on, and I was wearing like a T-shirt, and I walked across, and they walked in, and he was like, "Hi," and he's like, "This is my girlfriend." I was like, "What?" And I didn't know that was a big deal because turns out they're robe people. So that year for Christmas, they bought me a robe <laughs> because, like, and I had been, I was at their house one night, spending the night in a different room because they were very prude and they wouldn't let me sleep with my boyfriend in the same room. 
and I came downstairs for breakfast because they made waffles. <laughs> and I was wearing just, like, a T-shirt with no bra and, like, boxer shorts, which I thought, like, I put boxer shorts on. And my family <laughs> was like, that's hey a girl, lot of clothes, yeah, right? That's a lot yeah. of clothes. Yeah. And they were like, don't you want to put on a robe? And I was like, no, I'm cool. And they were like, are you sure you don't want to put on a robe? And I was like, oh. And then for Christmas that year, they got me a robe. And I was like, <laughs> this is not an ironic gift. <laughs> I still have the robe, and this is, like, 25 years later. So crazy stuff anyways that was i was a meet the parents thing <laughs> good times uh last last minute sign offs everybody say say bye to bye, bye to rich all right let's Goodbye. say bye bye rich bye. Bye, y'all. congratulations i hope you have a wonderful wedding and i'm super excited for you and oh. and your future oh. and yeah. kiss, Thank you so much. kiss butters Thank on the you. face don't give up on the jeans rich all right, <laughs> <laughs> all right that was rich so bye 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 rich. oh thank all you right. so much this is so fun Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Hi. We can do a quick sign out too. Yeah. Okay. Bye from Lalita D. I'm performing tonight at Mutiny Radio at six and uh, no, seven tonight and six o'clock tomorrow. Yes. Ross Scott saying goodbye to all his parents out there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Andy Clark saying goodbye with Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Bernicia saying goodbye. I want to meet your parents. your boy CFO here here to let you know that the fifth annual mutiny radio comedy festival is march 1st through 7th 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m to 10 p.m all week get your tickets now on eventbrite just search mutiny radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the u.s coming for 66 programs in seven days 
all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Terrace, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Carmine Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 1969 gold Cadillac with the white material. I drove it up here. And I started to do some thinking. around in it on the freeway, and I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black glass. Smoking big spliffs and cruising. Saturday noon to two. On the freeway. Good feeling. I am a Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... 
let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We watch the best movies that uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen. By uh, here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch What's happening? This is your boy, Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020, with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission, or listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at Mutiny Radio. FM. Join us March 1st through the 7th for these amazing events. Hey, you're listening to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020. Smashing Pumpkins coming your way, then Joanna Bateman giving a call. Exciting, exciting stuff here. Friday night, end of March, MutinyRadio.fm.
and joining me right now on the phone, Joanna Bateman. Hey, what's up, Pam? What's up, Mutiny? How's it going? Woo! Yeah, that's where the crowd would like, woo! And, uh... And I'd be like, yeah, what up, Mission District? And the crowd would go like, woohoo! And I'd be like, yeah, San Francisco, what up? Are you and are you not crowd, in SF right now? Am I, no, I am. I'm in SF. Okay. I would be like, what up, SF? Okay, and then sweet. SF crowd would be like, yeah. And then I'd be like, what up, California? <laughs> and then I'd be like, what up, America? And then people would be like, well, not so much. I don't know. I don't know. How are you feeling about the state of things, Pam? How are you? How are you feeling? Uh, you know, uh, no, absolutely nothing's different for me. I mean, I, I've, I've always been poor. The same people still don't have housing in the Tenderloin. I was looking out my window, and there's this guy called Fuck My Life because he always just stares at himself and goes like, Fuck My Life! So I call him yeah. Fuck My Life. Yeah. And his He's whole life there. is exactly the same. Every There is not one thing has changed for him. <laughs> not one thing. So I think it, a lot of it has to do with perspective. Great. Like, Yeah, no, I totally feel that perspective. My life has, my life, you know, my life, I'm kind of a germ freak, so I'm really grateful that, like, everybody's respecting each other's distances. I'm like, this, can you imagine if this had happened, like, if this had been the response to the Me Too movement, <laughs> like, if after Harvey Weinstein got, like, totally tanked and, you know, Louis C.K. and all those guys and freaking everybody, can you imagine if the next day you went out to go to the grocery and everybody was like giving you six feet distance, like, and nobody was like talking to you who you didn't know, and nobody was like, it would be like, oh my God, like people get it, like respect my space, like yeah. I don't want anybody to talk to me right now. So, but there, but then, but then you, then you see like grown men in the grocery store with like a list and like a pencil, and they're like hyperventilating like they've never done it before in their lives and they're like staring at the list and scratching you know potato off on the list and they're just like barely breathing because they're so just like freaked out that that their caretaker for their children isn't there anymore and that the maid isn't there anymore and they're like ah honey you got a dust like this place is a mess and she's like i don't normally do that we pay somebody to do that and it's like Who's walking our dogs? I don't know. We pay somebody to do that, too. It's like, who's teaching our kids? I don't know. We pay somebody to do that, too. It's like, everybody's having to, like, do this shit that other people do for them. It's like, I don't know. I feel like people are really, like, having to take a real good, hard look at their life choices and, like, face what they've made in their lives who's living my life from it right now who's living my life i i pay someone to do that exactly so I that i could just watch netflix to... no i'm kidding i don't want to watch exactly. any netflix yeah i don't watch any netflix but i'm watching i'm watching uh the science of food right now they just Ooh. they just uh they just uh like put uh, breast milk in a in a scientific like breakdown of its elements sweet broke it down into the fat uh and the 22 percent fat baby carb i know i was like i want pam breast milk yeah. with the cb 
THCs. Yeah, CBDs, THCs. I mean, so many cannabinoids. So many usable cannabinoids. Yes, yes, yes. So how are you? How are you faring? Because obviously, there's no yoga. I mean, you can yoga in your house. Are you like? Are you like doing live stream yoga on Zoom, like where people are all? Yes. Yes, yes, there are. I, I am not, part- I am not personally doing that, uh, but I did watch my friend because I, I'm not a yoga teacher. I'm just oh. a checker inner at oh, the studio. So my job got shut down real quick. I got told on you know Monday the 16th that we were shutting everything down and. So I filed for unemployment, and I, you know, am uh, cooking and uh, taking care of my uh, my man because oh. he can't go out to eat as much. And like, so for the first time in our four years, I'm like cooking on the regular and like enjoying. Like, you know, he's eating at home because he was like kind of like addicted to eating out and stuff. Oh. So that's been an interesting thing. Like figuring out you know it's like yeah it's been interesting I've, I've enjoyed it actually it's been kind of rewarding it's like look at my frontiers woman skills coming into play like hell <laughs> yeah these genes these farmer genes these women I, I know how to feed a man i can keep you full i'm so i feel i feel yeah i'm hoping it's all it's worse than we think it is because supposedly we're going to be off all of this on april 7th and i'm like no double down make it crazier let's make this apocalypse roll man let's get to it let's get to the yeah. let's, let's get to the fun part like the dangerous part like when i get to go to get my new house there's a house yeah. there's a house i'm gonna yeah. get how's my house now uh, exactly yes let's keep this thing rolling just a couple more months just like, a couple more on, months just this. let everybody get a little more desperate and then my skills really come to fruition <laughs> Now, then, then my ability to murder pigeons and eat them is going to, over an open fire, it's really going to yeah, take into effect. Yeah, my ability to, like, skin a trout, you know, what? from my bird bath that Hell I've, yeah. like, made from just digging a hole and, like, till, you know, like, I want to, I want to be a bear in the river that all of a sudden gets made because human beings, you know. I don't know. Yeah. All I know is, Pam, that um, I am I am actually doing something on the Instagrams that I want to promote to anybody who's cool. listening right now. I'm doing an Instagram live talk show on Monday through Thursday from 12.45 to 1.45 Pacific time. And uh, you can tune in on the live, Instagram live, Joanna. It's going to be called Upbeat with Joanna Bateman. <laughs> and, like, I'd love to, uh, yeah, interview you. You can come. All you have to do is see my little circle on Instagram live, and uh, you can just press request uh, to join my live show. And uh, several comedians are going to be on there, and uh, we're just going to, like, I'm just going to try to have a, creative outlet much uh, much like you have pam right Sweet. now yeah you're gonna a talk, a talk show that's great yeah this, yeah a talk this, show with this, like gardening and like crafts and like sure. and comedy at the end and you know like a song and dance portion well Keep i know light. you've got your cooking down now you said you've been practicing the cooking so you've got the whole exactly yeah feed your beast 
how to feed your beast. (laughs) I remember your joke when he leaves the house and then you pull your boob out and you're like, and then you get the peanut butter. So I have that image in my head right now. I'm like, oh, but he's there. So it's, she's not going to let the tentacles out to get the peanut butter jar. Exactly. Exactly. Now I feel more like, I feel less like a girlfriend and more like a lieutenant right now. (laughs) you're on the I same definitely army. Feel like, yeah, I definitely feel like I'm like, what is it today, Sarge? Like, what do you need? What is it that we need today? Oh, that's very like, sweet. So you're like yeah, Team Apocalypse. Yeah. yeah, we're Team Apocalypse. Uh, we went to the track today, the Kizar Stadium track. Oh. And uh, that was a little risky because you can't really stay six feet apart all the time because if you pass somebody or if you get passed on the track like they're close to you well also and then if you're running you probably aren't going to have a respiratory i mean the people that are out running probably aren't sick because it's a respiratory disease and you're running so i think you're fine (laughs) i think yeah but then there was orders today saying that uh, they're advising you that the city of San Francisco is advising to not go anywhere that isn't walking distance from your house. But everything is walking distance in San Francisco. It's seven by seven. Exactly. Boom. That's there like you go, Pam. I've been walking every day from the Tenderloin here to the Mission to the station because I want mm-hmm. exercise. I'm not just gonna sit on my ass all day. Like exactly. It, it's like two miles. Come on. It, yeah. No big deal. But I don't. I don't want to become deal. sedentary either. I'm trying to walk every day, because yeah, exactly. And I'm because it's so easy to fall into. To you. What was that? I said you have to stay strong. You have, yeah, you have to keep your body moving. Yeah. Well, you don't want to fall into patterns of like waking up super late. Like, I mean, okay. So I haven't been. I haven't been drinking that much. And usually in a crisis like this, I'd be like, I'm going to be drunk all the time. And I, right. I haven't been. But, yeah, got to stay healthy. Well, like, wake up in the morning. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, do. You know, like, so push-ups, drink you, a smoothie, yeah. fucking. Exactly. Yes. Now's the time to optimize your health. And it's like you're doing everything because you're choosing to do it. It's kind of liberating in some form. Like, everything you do right now is a choice that you're doing. Yeah, I mean, read, read a book. Oh, my God. Isn't that fun? And people are like, oh, I just yeah. don't have any time to read. It's like, actually, now is a great time. You got time. <laughs> Get a cat. Sam, was... what's your book rec? What's your book recommendation right oh, now? Oh, well, Any... you know, the easiest the easiest go-to for me for anything is always Stephen King. He's such a great and just incredible writer, and he has such a breadth of work that you can get anything. Like, I, I mean, I'm just about to reread The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon only because I just saw it on my shelf, like, yesterday. It's like, oh, I love And I haven't read it again, like, this year. And I love, 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 love. It's a deep cut from Stephen King. It's about an 11-year-old girl who gets lost in the forest, and there's a bear, but is a bear real? And is she sick? And what's going on? And oh, it's so crazy! It's such a good book. And and he, oh my god, it yeah. sounds awesome. And she's like, and that he's an old. Well, Stephen King's not like an old man, but he's but to do a first person narrative from the eyes of an eleven year old girl and make it fucking believe, like make me be like, yeah, like I'm that's I'm cool. in. That's a talent, right? Yeah, that's so dope. he can do no wrong in my eyes. But uh, there's also, like, super fluffy, fun stuff. I don't know if anybody's ever read um, the Divergence series. Uh, there's four of yeah. them. 
And it yeah. is fluffy and fun, and you could just zip through. It's like TV in your head, and it's Ooh. it's a, it's great. The Divergent series. I know that they made a movie out of it or whatever, but fuck the movie. Don't watch the movie. Read the books. Read the book, Divergent yeah. series. Yeah, Let's do it. Let's yeah, do it's it. in post-apocalyptic um, Chicago. And, oh, great. Yeah, That's where Chicago is right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, you, but you've been, you've been creative. You've got your show coming up. You've been, I've got my show coming up. I've been in, I've been weeding. I've been weeding the, the, the clovers that come up around where I live and just taking care of like the earth um, outside of my immediate housing. And, um, I filed for unemployment. I look forward to receiving my check. <laughs> like, uh, uh, you know, it's like Andrew Wang, his like dream is coming true right now. Right. Like, who knew it had to come to a pandemic to get, you know, everybody paid some money. So, yeah, we'll see. I've got some we'll grants see. in the. I've got some grants in the works for because I don't. I don't it's, have any. I can't get any unemployment. That doesn't work you for can, me. can not from your bar? Well, well, I don't, I only work one day a week there, so it's just not even Aww. worth it to, like, fuck with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. To, for them to give me 30 bucks and then take half of it or whatever and tap, it just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't make any sense, like, yeah. at all. So I'm just yeah. not in, doing that. You're getting but this, the grants. You're getting those artist grants. Yeah, I'm trying, because the station, there's just no income here, and, uh, yeah, absolutely. I am like, yeah. ah, but if everything, you know what, everything will work out. I'm not, I'm honestly not afraid. And I've never, this isn't, this apocalypse has been hella fun. I've never had more fun. I've been creative. I've been writing. I've been, everything's been great. Like, yeah, it's like the quarantine is like a residency of some kind. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It, it really, I it mean, is. I feel take, I feel like as long as I'm taking care of, you know, myself and the people like around me and like checking in. And this has been really great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're Sam. amazing. Thanks for being there. Well, you can call being anytime to 415-550-0511. But I'm still here for all the open mics I was running. It's just that I ask people to call in or I just play music. And sometimes I yeah. talk because I feel like I need to talk. And sometimes I yeah. play, sometimes I play, mu sometimes I play like the news of what's going on. But I feel like... There's, I don't know what information's coming out. It, it's it's spooky, and I feel like I'm in a movie, and I know that yeah. I'm not because, yeah, because this it, the not. Matrix is cooler. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like the outfits, like my outfits, would be better if this was a movie. I yeah. feel like I feel it like my makeup would be. Someone yeah. would be doing it's my hair. Weird. It would be fluffier. Something. So I know it's not a yeah. movie, but I really feel like it feels like a movie. Like all bets are off burn it down like what's going on it's but I also know, people are really being calm about it and like i don't you have to be we have to be. you have to remain calm that is like i think that's like the female energy right now like what i was describing to my friend i was like it's like society had been going to like and i don't know if you're familiar with this uh fitness companies exercise uh like fitness company called orange theory fitness mm. it's just like everything in the store is orange they play really really loud music it's high intensity circuit training and you're like your blood is like hooked up to some machine and everybody in the whole workout room can see like your heart rate and you're 
your the goal of the whole like hour and a half that you're in there is to keep your heart rate in the orange zone Whoa. and it's like insane it's insane workouts it's, it's ludicrous people who take these classes but i know that i know people who do and um it's as though society has been going to these orange theory fitness classes for like a you know 50 year period and we've just been speeding up and speeding up and speeding up and then this just caused everybody to like stop going to their orange theory, theory fitness classes and like a mandatory restorative yin yoga class is like <laughs> placed upon you and it's like everybody's like forced to like have a sandbag over their like genitals and like a bolster underneath their knees and like forehead and like they're just like wrapped in blankets and it's just like it's a very yin energy that's just like make you have and you have to surrender to it and try to be in a state of calm because if you're not then you're stuck in this i mean i mean it's it's crazy like it's just crazy. Like we're we're not a country that's used to being restricted. Right. We're not a country that's used to thinking about others. We're not a country that's used to thinking about other people's health and and the the immediate like repercussions of your actions. Like we are not a people that think like this. Right. And so like to have to stand six feet apart in line at a grocery store just to get into the grocery store is like so un-American like we aren't used to getting what we want when we want it and moving at this accelerated the, you know the thing money is grabbing pace it seems so dumb to me though that they keep us at six feet distance outside and then you go in and everyone's touching everything anyway like if I, I yeah. mean everywhere we go like all of this distancing stuff is like it if it's gonna travel it's gonna trap like if you have it and you go into a store Everything you touch now has it, right? Like, yeah, but I, yo, I'm wearing those gloves. Okay. I'm wearing those gloves. I've got gloves on my hands. I'm not touching. And when I, and I, I come home and I, I spray everything down. I like, serious. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to get it. I don't want to get it. I'm scared of this, like, this thing. You, you know, it's like traveling. The only thing I'm scared, I'm not scared of getting it. I'm scared of being a vector for it because other people will shame me. My fear with it uh, isn't about getting sick. I'm 45 and I ain't going to get sick. I'm going to be fine when I get it, when everyone gets it or whatever, the cold or whatever it is that we all get. Right, I'm going to be fine. Right. I'm in good shape. I haven't been drinking that much lately. My body's great. I'm eating well. I am yeah. I don't have respiratory issues. I don't have yeah. any high blood pressure. I have really low pressure. I mean, I'm healthy. So yeah. I'm not worried about me getting sick myself. I'm worried that if someone, if I am a carrier, that they could be like, now you're in the FEMA camp. And somehow that, because I do live in a fantasy world and a movie really in my head, I'm like, oh my God, if I got sick, what what are they going to do with the people that are sick? Are they just going to take away their civil liberties and be like, okay, now you're over here. Now you have to live here or you have to stay here. Pam, even if you're in Los Angeles, the Mercy, the U.S. Navy Mercy ship that came into the port of Los Angeles, they're moving the non-COVID-19 patients onto the Mercy Navy ship so that they can have room for the COVID patients in the hospital. So how would that feel? You're in the hospital, not for anything scary, like maybe it's scary, but it's like not COVID-19, yeah, like, and all of a sudden they're moving you onto a fucking Navy ship hospital. 
I was just <laughs> thinking about that, like, um, I was That's cutting. What's happening right now? I, I was Some cutting. Guy just had a heart attack and was being moved onto the Navy ship hospital. Or the like, I was I was cutting something with a knife, and I thought, oh my God, don't cut yourself, don't cut yourself at any time, because if you actually do cut yourself, yes. you can't go to the hospital to get yes. stitches. Yes. Don't hurt yourself. Don't trip. Don't yes. skateboard. Don't fall off anything. I know. Don't. It's the time to be very don't get, cautious. Yeah, be cautious. Because if you did, because yeah. I was thinking about that, I was cutting something with a knife, and I was like, sharpen oh. your knives. Yeah. Sharpen your knives. Like if I cut but my hand really badly, cut you. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go to the I hospital. I'd super glue it. Be like, fuck I it. Know. I've been nicking myself. My hands are all nicked because I've been so nervous. I like mm. been nervously like chopping carrots and like <laughs> nicking my knuckles, and like I tried to open a takeout carrier. I was my boyfriend went and got out like got to go from a Thai restaurant, and I was so like nervous when I was opening up the to-go container that I like sliced my pointer finger in the container. On the plastic? Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on the plastic. I sliced my finger open from a plastic container because I was just like nervously opening my to-go food because I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I feel like people are like, if you don't have a practice to like keep your... Uh, your stress down it's not like we and, and and in some ways this like stay at home it's like it's for some people like staying at home is fine you have a partner that you respect that respects you that's like nice to you but like you know some people are not as lucky and not in such like environments that are conducive to a calm stress-free zone right. like oh that's not very comedic. Very no, no. Funny. Hey, it doesn't. It's so hard. We did a we did a Zoom thing tonight. It is so it's weird so to, to try to right do now. comedy for people on a video. It is so antithetical to anything that I'm used to. I did it anyway, but still. Yeah. Oh, that's good practice. That's I good guess. practice. Like, look at me perform in front of a camera. What would I do? I feel like it's. I'm. I feel like it's. I know. Like I feel like I was in junior high again, auditioning for the for the Disney Channel or something, <laughs> where I like had a VHS thing and I'd like press play and run around to the side and be like, "Hey Disney, I want to be on your show." And then like, you know, sing a little song and do a little dance. Felt I like know. that. Felt yeah. Like that. I'm watching now on the PBS Science uh, Food Science Show. They're they're literally showing like. This has been like five minutes of this man milking a cow. Oh, like I'm yeah. looking at cow nips. Ooh, long I and weird. I feel bad for the cows, yo. Does that feel good to them? Like, do they wish it was a baby milk, like eating them, or do they like the male hands? That's a good question. <laughs> they have to uh, roll down. Them. I, you know, cows seeing a cow nipple like that makes me feel just so much better about my own nipples because I feel like they're so big. But not yeah, as, but but then in p- perspective, you know, when you look at a cow's udder, which has like four That's weird nipply appendages, exactly. like mine are fine. They're fine. Yeah, yours are fine. They're fine. I was watching The Godfather last night. The and, Godfather, uh, which you know, one? The Godfather, the first one. Oh, good. And I was looking at the girl who he marries, the like Italian girl. She's very young. <laughs> And she shows her full breasts, and her breasts look to be about 15 years old. Oh. <laughs> she was very young, that actress, whoever she was. She was young. Well, 
boobs. Everyone loves boobs. You know, I think this is a strange theory, and I don't know if it's a joke or not, but I did learn it in a gender studies class in like the 90s, so I sort of believe it. But that women have more of a propensity to be bi because we are able to birth children and they can suckle and we can love them. You can love a boy and a girl equally. Because yeah. you're able to care for them and literally like feed them, yeah. so you can create a, an intimate connection with both men and women. With both genders, with it both doesn't genders. matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. My buy is made sense by that. I feel that. <laughs> right on. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other? Would you, uh, t- tell everybody again about your Instagram: twelve forty-five to one forty-five. Twelve forty-five to one forty-five Pacific. Monday um, through yeah, Thursday. Monday through Thursday. Because I'm predicting we don't go to a five-day work week after this. Like, I hope after this is all said and done, whenever we do get back to normal, it will never be normal again to go Monday through Friday work week. I think we're going to do Monday through Thursday. That's my hope. That's my dream. Sure. That we cut it down. Because, like, I don't think we're needed to work as much as we were working. <laughs> like, I don't oh, think I agree we with that. to work that much. I right mean, now, so much is automated. I don't think we need to do it. So I'm doing Monday through Thursday, 12:45 to 1:45 on Instagram. My handle is Joanna Batemans. That's J-O-A-N-N-A-B-A-T-E-M-A-N-S. Joanna Batemans Instagram. And uh, on Monday, I've got comedian Marcus Howard. Oh right, he's hilarious. Guest. He's hilarious. He's so funny. And I also have this woman from Los Angeles. She's like a Reiki healer. And we're going to talk about, like, intentions and, like, the shadow side of this current moment. Wow. Like, the power of our words and just setting some intentions for the week of, like, what I want my my show to be, which is a place of connection and lightheartedness and, like, Positivity and, and just like fuck it, like this is the entertainment wild wild west now. Like everything is shut down, people aren't together. Like everybody's at home staring at their phones. So I'm trying to like be on that. Yeah, hell yeah. Catch it while it's hot, baby. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, anyways, that's my thing. But Pam, I love you so oh, much. Oh, Trina, you're the for best. Having me on. Yeah, thank you for calling in to Mutiny Radio. We're still here. Mutiny you can, Radio. You could stream us all the time. Get our app. And uh, thank you again, Joanna Bateman, for calling in. Yay! Bye-bye. All right, bye. Yay, love you, bye. Yay. Yay. Uh, yes, you can. You can. Uh, you can get our app. That's what you can do. You can stream us live. It's uh, free on your iPhone. You could also listen on your Samsung or whatever us to mutinyradio.fm if you're listening now, or maybe you're listening to this later. I'm going to move some things over to the night playlist. So, yeah, Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. It seems like it's no longer, doesn't it? It's kind of sad uh, that we don't have comedians for you. Sorry! But I will put on some lovely, most likely, flat black plastic, and he will be back tomorrow. I believe I will also be back tomorrow for the afternoon show. Oh, this is, everything is all messed up here. Dang it, dang it, dang it. Sorry, dead air. Sorry, dead air. I can't. Sorry, dead air. Dead air, sorry. Sorry, dead air. Look. 
That motley, every day, that though. motley Able. crew, Abel Jaramillo over here just flipping everybody off, yes. looking like he just no, got really, out of court. I, mean, I don't think it's just you, it's not something you could just do six times a week for like five months and then just assume that you're going to be really good at. Yeah. Or be better at. I mean, it's just it's it's weird. It's it's a tough way to do it. Like, it, is is it is is comedy something that you actually saw yourself doing your entire life, even as even as a kid, or is this something yeah. that you just kind of grew into? No, I mean, I grew into it. I mean, I again, you know, I was. After high school, I was just going to college, and then I met, um, you know, Sammy, one of my buddies from high Sammy school. Sammy obeyed, yes. Not a boy. They're looking for Abel right now. I know. Huh? <laughs> it's not the police. They actually think he OD'd. Like, I know one of these assholes are parked illegally. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're a fire truck. Uh, but the... Um, the uh, what was it? What was the question? We were talking about uh, the. Oh yeah, was this something? So, was it, yeah, was this something that you saw yourself doing your never whole saw life? Myself, you know, the weird thing about stand-up is I never really saw myself doing stand-up. I, I kind of wanted to go to law school. My sister's doctor wants a lawyer. I always thought it'd be really fun to be a lawyer because I like uh, I like reading. I like learning up on stuff, and then I think being in a in a courtroom battling some other dude would be hella fun. Right. Um. So that that's something that I was actually focused on doing. But then I met my friend Sam. He was doing stand-up comedy a year into it brought me into uh, a couple mics um but that's pretty much that's basically where we started and then you just get addicted to that man what I was mean, your what was your do you remember your first, first experience time, do you yeah. remember that yeah i did mission pizza over there in fremont it was like valentine's day yeah 2009 i think so i just go up there and uh, again i invited a lot of my friends i'm from fremont so there's like 40 of my friends right and i just remember going up there and just doing like 20 minutes 25 minutes almost the first time and I did really well because all my friends were over there. I, like, killed it. I was like, okay, this is really – this is what I should be doing. This is awesome. And then I hit, like, four mics that week, and it was just, like, not the case. And, that, yeah, it, yeah. it hurts, right? It hurts. The world is just all like, uh, I, mean, I don't know who Mark is, so this isn't funny. Why are you talking about your friend? <laughs> like, you guys know Mark. I'm like, we didn't go to your high school, sir. Okay, so how do you deal? Like, how do you deal with that rejection? Because here's the thing about comedy, man. Like, when the crowd rejects you, you feel it immediately. Yeah, it's not like you, you put up a – I don't care. You, you're not supposed to. to I, oh, most definitely. Oh, I don't care. I just yell back at them. Right. I said, I'm sorry, you're not too uh, smart to understand this dick joke, but right. I don't think it's not funny. <laughs> it's a very sophisticated dick joke. That's exactly yeah, what's going on. You're going to get rejected by hot girls eight times a week. Who gives right. a shit about the crowd and Billings? Well, see, that, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's like, I mean, that's a great like, what point, What I really though. wanted was Tanya, not for you idiots to like me, so I don't give a shit. No, no, but that's a great point, though, man, because yeah. I feel like, and I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like when you get accustomed to the feeling of, yeah. of rejection, of instant yeah. rejection, it's easier to go out into the world and yeah. just be as badass as you want to yeah. because it's, it can't hurt you. It's like it's like being whooped on the back so many times that your back is just numb now yeah. at this point. <laughs> so, I mean, do you find... It's like, I don't love you. It's like, like, I don't care. You're like, I don't love These me either. jokes aren't working, Kelly. I'm at Mission Pizza. I don't love me either, okay? I know. I tell you, dude, that's, that's the thing about it. You cannot care about the... You have to... Rejection... 
even when you get great, you're getting rejected. I mean, there's always going to be rejection. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, even when you blow up, there's going to be roles that you're not going to get or TV shows that you're not going to be on, even if you're out there killing it. Right. So you got to get quick. Rejection should be the first thing you should actually think of. Right. So when you're happy, when the one rejection doesn't happen, you're like, you know what? Things are good. <laughs> I'm going to be it's fine. Like, uh, it's like they're serving breakfast after 10. This isn't a victory. <laughs> is there is, is there like a goal for you, though, Kabir? Like, what, what is I, – I get this question from uh, – younger comics like what is that you want to do like what where do you want to be in like five yeah. to ten years what is what is the goal that Kabir Singh has in mind in terms of yeah. comedy or entertainment well listen you can't put a number on when you want to achieve it but like literally my goal is I love doing stand-up comedy that's my thing I would love performing on the road 260 days a year yeah. all over America and the world repeatedly theaters and sell tickets of course fortunately you have to get on television to do that and other stuff that you have to get good at to do what you want to do um but that's that's basically the goal and really honestly the goal i mean of just going city to city and making people laugh i've pretty much already over i've already achieved i mean i get to go i mean i'm not getting paid great and there's a lot of shows that do suck yeah. but i'm still hitting that i still get to go out and make people laugh so it's a lot of fun it would be fun doing it while being getting rich, I guess. That, that would also be dope. I, I'm, is that the way to say it? Yeah. Is that the right way to answer that question? I think that's the most direct I'd way like to do it. I'd like to get rich doing exactly what I'm what doing I right do. now. What I want to do, please. <laughs> right now, please. it's good. Um, I, I, it's, uh, 20 more grand a show would be nice. <laughs> I know I know you're going city to city, and that definitely is one of the perks of uh, doing stand-up comedy, but you're originally from the Bay Area, Bay Area. Um, from Fremont. Uh, my, my question is this though, do you think that there is a huge difference between like Bay area, the Bay area comedy scene versus out, you know, the rest of the world? And I, I yeah. hate to sound pretentious cause I know the Bay area people right. usually sound like, you know, our shit don't stink or something like that. Right. But what, what is Bay area comedy compared to somewhere on, you know, in the Midwest or, or down South? We, 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 we are literally at the best, the Bay area is the best place to get good at stand up because it's a melting pot and you're going to get all different kind of crowds throughout the week. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you could just go in there and do, I mean, there's just so many people here. Right. Uh, people talk about the Midwest, like it's easy. They're the easiest crowds. Really? They're happy to see you. It's Arkansas. <laughs> I mean, I, to be a dick, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're, right. they're, it's way harder to impress and make people laugh at Roosters on a Sunnyvale when the whole Oracle and Yahoo's over there that's just trying to get drunk or San Francisco with all these guys where you can't say anything. At all. Right. You know, they're way harder than going in the – I mean, Bay Area is a perfect place to get good. I mean, this is the best place. You go to different rooms, get good. Midwest, Chicago, Denver, they're the same people. Yeah. Everyone watches the same stuff on television – I mean, it's crazy. Everybody yeah. watches that. And you kind of already know how people think just by watching the news and the shows that are successful and the cartoons that do well. Yeah. They're not totally different. Of it. When you start going to like Glasgow and stuff where your accent, like Scotland, where you're just talking and they're like, I don't know what he's saying. Right, right, right. That's when it becomes an issue. Has, <laughs> has that been an issue oh, for you? Oh, Lord. I went, I lied to this promoter like four years into stand-up. He's like, you're a headliner. I'm like, yeah, headline America. Oh, this is great. He's like, yeah, we need to headline these, uh, this like UK tour. And I was like, hell yeah. He's like, you got an hour? I'm like, yeah, I got an hour. At Tommy T's right. in the San Jose Improv. I'm four years in. <laughs> right. They throw me to Glasgow and like Birmingham, and I'm just up there like, this is going to be tough. <laughs> I mean, Glasgow, they just stared at me. I've never seen it. I was an hour. That was good. I still had an hour of good shit. I was yes. doing it. But it was just 45 minutes, and people were just looking at me like, I don't understand a word that's coming that's out of That's incredible. Time. And I'm like, it's English. 
Right. And they tell me something. It's like, I don't understand what you're saying. This it's, is it's weird. Two people speaking English, completely different accents. Same don't know language. what the hell. Yeah. So so what's going on in your mind? I mean, you're talking about going overseas to do comedy. Oh, yeah. And you're, you kind of, you know, you're kind of gassing yourself up to this guy by saying, yeah, I got an hour. Oh, I mean, so, so what all else those. you going to tell the guy? It's you're not going to say no. Two grand a show. Yeah, you're not going to say no. An hour, sir. Yeah. <laughs> of course. So what Which you, hour would you like? <laughs> what are you thinking in those? What are you thinking in those 45 minutes where they're just the watching you? I'll bring it, sir. Well, no, no. What are you thinking in, the, in that time where, where you're just being judged? <laughs> Oh, do, while I was bombing? Yeah. Oh, they immediately knew I wasn't shit the minute I got there. Like, <laughs> they put me on the first show in London. like 30 minutes into that, just sweating. I'm like, so you guys, uh, the McDonald's here tastes funny. Right. <laughs> just it. Scotland was tough. They didn't understand a word. But you know what? They were so polite. Like, I, I, they were just so cool that they wanted me to do well. They understand there was a language barrier. They understand that it's not my fault. Yeah. There's a lot more respect for comedians in the UK, like we're looked at, at like there's a lot of TV shows in the UK where they just put stand-up comedians on a panel and they just talk about their opinions. Right, Something right, right. that we would destroy here. If exactly. Yes. Like the, the structure over there, comedians are really well respected. So even though I was eating, eating it, and in my head I'm like, this is really bad. They were still not rude. They weren't booing. They were just listening, and they're like, you know, they understood when Prince, to clap. Yeah. But you could just tell as a comedian that, dude, none of this is working, and you're you're not gonna get paid. You're not, you're not getting that satisfaction, right? <laughs> you're not scratching that itch. You got a piece of paper over there, man, with some stuff written down. Did you want to read some of that stuff off? Oh no, I want to ask a question. Yeah. Oh, you want? Okay. Go, yeah, I want to ask you a couple questions. Oh, you want to ask me a job. question? Because, like, as a comedian, right? So I've been doing just stand up. Never had a day job while I was doing stand up, at least, other than the telemarketing I did 15, trying to hook up with that girl. Rejection again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the. Um, when you do stand up, when you have like a full time job, dude, yeah. like how do you balance the two? Like, I guess my question is if you have to do radio in the morning for a big radio show on like a Wednesday, but you get this gig in Arizona that doesn't pay anything, or a gig in LA that doesn't pay anything, but industry is there and you need to be show your face over there to do well and you got the spot. I mean, how do you pick that? Well, at this point, you know, I, I got to a point where um, I had to make a decision. It's like, look, I, I signed this contract to do this radio show that I really enjoy doing. Um, but at the same time, you know, if I, if a great opportunity comes up in uh, in LA or Seattle or wherever yeah. it may be, you have to make a decision. You have to choose, well, you know? never good opportunities in Seattle. <laughs> well, yeah, or wherever it may be, wherever it may be, right? Pass on the Seattle gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come down to uh, Topeka and see if, see if I can make that make that work. No, um, I mean, but again, like when you we so you you just have to weigh the options. You right? just have it's to like, weigh the options. Whichever one is worth it more. I mean, if if it's a big show on a, on on the radio on Wednesday morning and I want to go to L.A. or whatever, but I but let's say they're not paying or let's say I'm not too sure about the booker or I don't yeah. know I don't know the people that well. I might side with the radio show. Right, right. Although my first love is stand up comedy. I only got into radio because of stand up comedy. Um, um, that's I kind of I kind of stumbled into into sports talk radio right. and, and morning radio. So I know right. where my loyalties are. It's definitely towards comedy. But yeah, sometimes you just got to make a tough decision. And, and, what, and what, sometimes you do have to pass up on a gig that sounds cool. Yeah. But you're not very sure about. Oh, you know, you, know, you start weighing it. Anyway. Exactly. You know, like, oh, this person's there. That person's there. You, you might drive seven hours. People. You might drive seven hours to get there. Oh, and all yeah. of a sudden you're getting bumped. Nine people. You're getting bumped. Your boss is calling you. So, yeah, <laughs> where so are you? It's just a lot of hard decisions, <laughs> man. You just you just got to know. But I look at it like this. It's a good problem to have you know because because you got two things that you love i have two things in, that i love in my life radio and comedy yeah. i get a chance to you know i've worked hard enough to be able to be in, engulfed in both of them so it's a good problem to have but i just have to make the tough decision but radio wasn't your only job doing stand-up though right yeah no no I, before radio like, before i actually did full-time radio i used to sell asphalt for a for a uh, construction company geez. i was an asphalt estimator, estimator. I, would, I would go to your parking lot i would measure it all out i uh, were you good at that i was pretty good you, dude, let me tell you something let me tell you something 
Asphalt is a lucrative industry. I can it's imagine. everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere. You really don't think about it until you actually start selling it, and then you yeah. look around. And you're like, God damn! Every single road, every single freeway, almost all driveways. Yeah, you no, know we it's know all that. It's, I'm, I'm telling you, man. But you don't notice it until you're actually making money off of it. That's gangster. So what, yeah. What time did you have to go to work for that? That was when you're in sales. You kind of have more of an open oh, schedule. Yeah. So, you, so you know, you can make your own schedule. You show so up at one with a Big Mac all, all the time, bro. One o'clock. Parking I'm, I'm lot at, looks like shit. Yeah, Give it doesn't matter. Cheese. It's all cracked up. But I got an In-N-Out burger, so I'm good to go. So this is a brand new building. (laughs) Pull your pants up. But what was the worst thing about, uh, like, out of all the jobs you had while doing stand-up? And I still, I I can't imagine this not being radio just because of the the timing. But what was the worst thing about any job you had while you had to mix it in with stand-up? Ooh, uh, I'd say, okay, I'd say the worst thing about um, this one job I had where I was basically customer service. Uh, and I sat in a cubicle all day and I sold, you, you ever seen the, you ever seen office? You know, the, the office, the office, right? Oh, the, the office. show, the yes. office, you I know how close. they, you know how they, close. yeah, very close. Well, that. the office, I got one word, right? Actually, the <laughs> office space sentiment. That was my life sitting in that cubicle. I've definitely had that feeling, but just like the office, the TV show, I actually sold paper products. No way. So I was selling paper plates, selling paper cups. My whole life was paper. It was just a sad state of affairs. <laughs> it, I was just, everything in my life was, was bendable and breakable and rippable because I, I was just engulfed in this paper world so that that was the worst part about doing that job customer service for a person like me yeah. is that I hate sitting down for yeah. hours at a time I hate being quiet for hours at a time <laughs> I'm on the phone and I'm on the computer all day which I cannot just I cannot stand that and it would burn the fat off my soul dude so when I would leave there that's at five what, o'clock so scared to hear there when I would crazy. leave there at five o'clock yeah. I hated life life And and here's the thing. I lived on the same block as I worked on. Understand that. I lived on the same block as I worked on. This is over on uh, on Cherry Street. So it was like no commute. You just walk. It was just, I would just, every day I wake up, I walk to work, I'd burn on the inside, then I'd go home, smoke some weed, cry for a little while, and then then just listen to sports talk radio and then just repeat in the morning. It was the saddest, it was the saddest time of my life, man. You just hated paper, like you you refused to write jokes on paper. Yeah, now I'm like Jay Z, man. I just freestyle everything. Cardboard. I'm not using this shit. (laughs) Cardboard. What do you mean there's no cardboard? Board. Is this the improv? So that was it right there, man. That was that was the uh, the worst. You guys need cement or paper? <laughs> I can't imagine having to do that shit because like it just it's gotta be worse if you do the, a show. Yes. Bomb. Wake up in the morning. Sell no paper. Sell no paper. It's <laughs> like that was a fun 24. Is a terrible. Yeah, I had a lot of those 24. The, the 72 hour power. The 72 power hours. I get you see you getting you bumped on a show. It's like you don't know how much I need this. Size. I need this. I gotta sell right. these cups. The paper industry is literally crashing. <laughs> <laughs> They've got these notes on the phone now. It's just this is crazy, man. What's the single worst moment of your life at a day job? Other than getting fired. Ooh, single worst moment of my life. Um, I worked at a liquor store. For a long Damn, time, dude, how actually. How many jobs did you oh, have? I've had dude. many jobs, my friend. How old are you here? Like uh, nine. I, I mean, I've, I've done everything, man. I've, I worked. My first job was, was when I was eight? 11 years old. Who, no. Oh, what were you doing at 11? At 11 years old, I was Legally. stocking. I was stocking beers and soda. That is so illegal. Now I'm, not, I'm not even supposed to touch the beer, but I was stocking beers and soda. And, and by the time I was 13, I moved myself up to the register, and I was working the register. You moved yourself I was, up? Well, I mean, I had worked myself <laughs> up to the register. You became right? manager at 11 and a half. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking start working the cashier. I'm assistant manager at 12. 
beers are heavy. I was. Hey, hey, real question about the beer. You ever fucking? Did you ever slide a beer in? Did oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude. I said I got just a drunk Rudy watching dude, Dodgers. First, first time I got drunk, I snuck some club mudslides out of the liquor store, and I drank them on the side of the liquor store next to the dumpster, and I got super drunk, and then I went home to go play Nintendo all day. It was it was crazy. That's the life, dude. That was the real life. Before rejection. When I was 13 years old, I worked my way up to the register, and the funniest thing ever, dude. They used Who's to, the boss? Sorry, Indian? My, no, this uh, this uh, Italian, I know some Indian. Be like, dude. what are you? How old are you? <laughs> 22. Okay, well, you can sleep. You don't look Mexicans are getting younger. <laughs> by, you look 10, but okay, grab the beer. He was he was a, he's an Italian guy that's Italian actually dude. been in this neighborhood uh, for a long time, and they've owned the shop for a long time. He gave me a job at 11 because I used to go in there all the time and 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 buy baseball cards. And I got that was my first job when I was 13 years old, Kabir. I was asking grown men for their ID before, before I sold them their malt liquor. I would have stole that liquor. You probably would have whooped my ass at 13. Dude, I, I used to, I used to, at 13 years old, I used to be like, hey man, here's a, I need to see your ID. And then they like pull out their wallet halfway yeah. and then they think about it and look at me and be like, let me see your ID. Yeah. Where's your ID at? You know? And, but that was just, that was my job at the time. Where's but, your father? I need cigarettes. You but, can't but handle the, that. The worst time I ever had was when I got robbed. I got robbed in the liquor store, man. Robbed at the liquor yeah, store? Yeah, I got, I had a gun placed right so to your cheek and you're like, how old were you? No, I wasn't 13. I was like, actually, I worked there for a long time, so I was probably like 19. 19? Yeah. That's still pretty young now. Yeah, it's still, still pretty bad. I had a gun pressed up to my was cheek. Was another liquor store? You no, worked same there for liquor 14 store. years. Same liquor store. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You worked there from 11 to 9? When did you leave? I, dude, I used to work there, like, you know, Damn, sporadically. Shut that shit down. You got to leave. I've been here since I was 11. <laughs> right? I'm like chaining Fuck myself McDonald's. to the wall. Spill <laughs> that somewhere else. That was it, man. That was that was probably the single worst time. I, I mean, I've had some pretty bad dude, jobs. going through your head? Uh, I'm going to die. Was he Indian? No, he was. I think I'm pretty sure he was black. Yeah, Give me sure all of your dude. shit. Yeah, he's, everything, dude. Everything. I, I, I just opened up the register and just started handing over handfuls of yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you gonna do? You know, I don't care. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to live. Here. I'm trying to survive. You know. Sir, I've had my puberty in here. If you think you're walking out <laughs> here with a fucking dime, I've got another thing coming. All right, I have to get high and play Nintendo in four hours. <laughs> yes. I can't have you taking my boss's shit. Oh my god. That sounds like a That's terrible one, man. day, dude. That's What'd the one. What you do after you got robbed? Uh, I just basically stood there stunned for yeah. about 15 minutes. Um, people, people. Were, I didn't even call the people police. People were coming in, sir. People were coming in. There was like a long line of people lining up, and I was just sitting there, like just stunned for like 15 to 20 minutes. And I couldn't believe. Can what I happened. just get a Snicker bar? I know you just got robbed, but I really <laughs> need the Snicker bar. My wife's being a bitch. It was rough, man. <laughs> it was rough. That that, but that was the bottom. That was hands down the worst moment. Hands down. There's no. What else could it be worse? You told the ultimate tale of it. Actually, what to, could be worse? Actually, Something to be honest with you, cut my hand off. To be honest with you, now when I think about it, sometimes I think about the fact of how I actually hated my life. Yeah. When I worked at the paper company. Right. Versus that one moment where I was scared for my life. Yeah. And honestly, man, I think maybe hating your life for about four worse. years was probably still worse than having a gun pressed to your face at and 19. Yeah. Could you imagine that, was, that was one moment of terror and a lifetime of stories. I got to tell you. That right there was four years of my life that I robbed. wasted that I just, I can't get back. I got to rob somebody. I got to rob God. Out of paper. Give me all Sorry. your leads. <laughs> Trevor, this is, it's way too early for this. Is that a gun? Oh, man. <laughs> No, that's got to be badass. I couldn't imagine doing. I couldn't imagine being robbed at a liquor store. Yeah, I would definitely give them all the money, but I would also like. You gotta I give would it be up. Doing something weird, like giving them tickets to shows too. You gotta give it up, man. <laughs> hmm? Are we gonna do the? Uh, they said just stop talking, and we're gonna do. Oh, something. do we? Because it's like ten twenty-one, right? Yeah. Oh, we can keep talking. This is dynamite no. shit. No, they. Hey, they told me. Hey. They told me not to stop, they, or not to say anything. Just stop, and then get back in there. Hell yeah. You want to go deeper? I'm on fire. All right, fuck it, let's run. 
These stand-up jokes are gonna be terrible. We're not gonna okay, eat no, any of that. Just keep it rocking. <laughs> That's why I, I don't want to say anything. We'll just keep you it going. You guys need a break. The walls are okay? coming down. <laughs> They're opening up. You got more questions? Oh shit, it's almost 10:20. It is 10:20. That's why. That's why. That's why I did that. But shit. if you got more questions, keep it rolling. Is there anything else you want to ask? Anything funny you want to just end it with? What's your frame? I get. I'll. I'll. I'll wrap it up with something. Oh, let's. Well, for how long? Yeah, let's let's do that. I'll I'll intro. Do you want me to ask you that? Yeah. Could you do me a favor? Could you just bring in um, yeah, who your favorite comedian? Yeah, you could ask me uh, who my favorite comedians were. All right. And then I'm just gonna uh tell you the fact that I never watched stand up until I started it. Okay. Cool. Okay. Jay, you gotta call it, man. <laughs> All right, you guys ready? All right, we're set. All right. All right, it's the Rare Formcast here with Rudy Ortiz and my guest, Kabir Singh. We've been talking about everything today, man. We got into sports. We even made some bets today. Yes, we did. We've been talking a little bit of comedy uh, for the last couple of minutes. Um, but I want to ask you, though, man, you know, of course, you're doing your thing. You're going everywhere and, and just making a name for yourself. But what are some of the names in comedy um, that you either looked up to or admired or were really into yeah. their, their style? What, what are some of the names that, that, that come to mind? Yeah, a stand-up. I was a super late bloomer when it came to stand-up. I don't think I started watching stand-up until, like, maybe... I think the first stand-up comedy I have ever saw on TV was, like, maybe six months before I went on stage. Wow. And it didn't didn't blow me away or anything. I couldn't even tell you who I saw, actually. But I did see it. But um, the first live show I ever did was the Rooster Teeth Feathers comedy competition when right. Sammy won it. Right. And then I saw that. That was my first live comedy show. And then I went back and I started watching stand-up. And really, I mean, that was not... You know, it was like Dave Chappelle, Dane Cook, those guys... I mean, it sucks whenever I talk to old school people. They just hate me immediately. Because they five yeah. seconds of talking. What kind of comedy do you like? Ah, I started watching that about uh, nine years ago. Because <laughs> uh, they, they don't like the fact that you're. They probably feel like, oh, this guy. Doesn't. Yeah, and I went back. I mean, I knew the, the social pressures of knowing. I mean, I went back and watched the stand up from like Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy and stuff like that. But I don't think there was. It's weird. Like as a comedian, I'm sure there was a comedian that inspired you to. to to do stand-up there's really there's not like a comedian i could pinpoint and be like that's the reason why i do stand-up comedy or that's who i want to be it's kind of weird but no my, mine is paul rodriguez because and i say that because what? no let me tell you why because that was the Edit first that, actually i know paul really well that, that's what i'm saying <laughs> no paul is still out there paul is still out there doing he's his gangsta, thing dude. but he's i mean just being like a being like a young mexican kid like listening to watching a lot of stand-up comedy because i loved watching comedy as a kid right? right but then when i saw paul rodriguez he came out with an album a long time ago called macaroni or mac and cheese or mac macaroni and cheese i think it's yeah. called macaroni and cheese um and that was the first First ever CD or anything audio that I actually ever purchased. What year was that? I don't want. I want to say. Were 19... you 11 working at the liquor store? <laughs> yeah, my, it was my liquor store money. Um, I, I want to say like 1994, 93, okay. wow. something like that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I bought that. I went to Suncoast. I, I bought it at Suncoast. Uh, bought the CD, bought the album, and that was it right there, man. Once I heard Paul Rodriguez, I was like, "This is you this ever is, work with this him? is cool." No, never had a chance to work with For him. Real? I've He's... met him a couple of times, but never. I saw him out over at uh, at the radio station. Came in. He came in a couple of times to do um some. Nice. some Sets, yeah, real, real nice guy, real cool That's guy. Cool. That's cool that you have that kind of guy. Because when I was growing up, there was no. Indie, I mean, for you, I mean, I, I don't sure it was just because he was. Was uh was well, Hispanic, him, him being I mean, Mexican definitely helped the situation it for me. Did, like, but I mean, it a, probably wasn't the game breaker, but for me, like Russell didn't blow up till like 1999, right. and I don't think I really watched his stuff until way later, until he already blew up. But yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. Stand up is great. There's a lot of great comedians. I, I like watching the comedians that are just. Uh, that that just I get to work with. I mean, there's so many. It's crazy going to like when you're doing a show in like Chicago and Boston. Just your feature and openers alone. Those yes. Guys are like killer. Some of that. Yes. Like, what is this guy trying to make my life harder right now? I don't. Is is is, <laughs> is supposed the, to be on the same team here? 